Ooh, I want to learn how to dance like Charlie Brown. My mom responds, well, first, you got to stop hopping around. It's just like the song says, you got to learn how to go slow, slow before you go quick, quick. Can you do that? I'll try. Hi, this is Michelle Spiva, your Practical Priestess of Wisdom, and I want to welcome you to today's podcast of, yes, Wisdom Smack. Join me on the flip as we get into the wonderful strategy of slow, slow, quick, quick. I'll see you on the flip. All right, you guys, but yes, let me just say, my mother did allow me to take some dance classes. I didn't get into ballroom and uh, about ballet, but I did get my chance to get my groove on with some modern dance and some other forms of dance that I truly enjoyed as a kid growing up. So today, I want to get into the wisdoms, the uh, levels of uh, strategy and some other things that come with understanding this rhythmic movement of slow, slow, quick, quick. So let's get into it because I got a lot to cover and some some wisdoms to share with you all. So the, the first thing I want to say is, is if you've ever watched the Foxtrot Quick Step or even the Texas Two Step, it is so simple, but the uh, effect is that it is a constant movement of flow and grace where you cover a lot of ground. And the slow, slow part of the the dance and the movement is a sustained amount of restrained or disciplined energy. But then the quick, quick is where you finish up with an attack and that is where the action happens where you pivot and a whole bunch of other things now of course there are advanced ways to move you can you can move at any point in time when you're doing the slow slow quick quick but just suffice to say just the breakdown of of watching it in action it is beauty in motion and it is to me the physical representation of what happens when we employ this wisdom and and a strategy within this context to our lives so let's break this down a little bit the first thing i want to say is is when um couching this and moving it from just not just but moving it from a dance step or even a military strategy to moving it to how it affects us for our particular life i want to say that there is something about thinking slow thinking fast and procrastination. Yeah, I went on and said the P word. Did you guys know that prior to the rise of the Puritans uh, coming from uh, humble beginnings and uh, how they viewed their world, that prior to the Puritans, the Greco-Roman uh, view of procrastination prevailed. And that was that to have procrastination over doing something was a good thing because it was a, a sign of wisdom. And it meant that you were being constrained or ref, uh, re, uh, reframed from doing something and possibly uh, going at ill effect, uh, meaning that you were rushing in, meaning that you were rushing in where angels dare to trod. 
And so it's just amazing how with different contexts and different uh, uh, times, something can be good or bad or neutral. And so it seems like things are coming back around because more and more we're starting to see that people are uh, espounding, um, they are, I don't want to say it's expounding on it. I, I want to say that people are uh, taking their time to look at where they're going, how they're going to do it. That is why strategy and tactics and uh, all of the different things around this are, be, are becoming so important to a lot of people. And slowing things down is actually coming back in vogue because it is one of the surefire ways to regain momentum. So if you're having problems with getting restarted, uh, returning to uh, your former glory, you know, when those times when you you did the doggone thing, one of the things that almost sounds counterintuitive, but one of the things that you can do is employ a slow, slow, quick, quick, meaning you can slow yourself down to regain your momentum. And it is the weirdest thing, but that is what happens. I had a conversation with uh, an acquaintance uh, author uh, who has sold uh, a lot of books. And one of the things she told me, she said, you know what? I'm slowing down and I am uh, doing everything with intention. And thus, when I do something and take my time with it, when I release it or execute, it just has all of this movement. And she says, I'm not having to kill myself and, and trying to keep up with this rushed uh, environment that I had fallen into. And I, I took her words uh, to heart because she didn't have to tell me that. And I thought it was brilliant. And get this, I found out that what she uh, was referring to has been something that has been a truth, a truism, and even a wisdom for many years. So let me tell you about a strategist, a master strategist by the name of Genghis Khan. And Genghis Khan, uh, from the Mongolian Empire, uh, early Asian uh, environment, somewhere around the 13th century, that's, that's where this was prevalent, he had a slow, slow, quick, quick, strategy and how he uh, would take over. And each part of this four-part sequence had a purpose and had a reason. And let me just, let me just lay this out. I am not saying that you are doing this against enemies. I am just simply saying that taking the spirit of this military strategy, we can see a lot of wisdom and how we can apply it for our lives. So his first part of the slow was to prepare. That is one of the things that either people love or they hate. I am one of those people I have to watch it because my uh, research analysis can become a paralysis because I can just get deep down into it and just love it and love it. And I'm like, hey, you got to come back up. And do something, you know? And so he was known to prepare by putting sending spies out, taking his time to observe the practices and these types of things. And one of the things that I liked about learning about the slow, slow, quick, quick, because it's not only Genghis who use this. Over and over again, you see this in many different circumstances, whether it be military campaigns, whether it be the rollout of a new business, or whether it even be um, getting married. I've seen people use slow, slow, quick, quick with those types of things. Or 
This is one of my favorite ones that I like when I see it. How to uh, get around the snooping paparazzi that I've seen some very savvy, uh, notable people and famous people uh, execute. So this is how he would break it down. First part was prepare. The second part was deceive. And with this part, this, this, uh, yeah, this part of deception, it's not as on the nose as we would like to make it. What deceive means is you can either make it seem like you're either weaker or stronger depending on what the circumstance needs. So when you're th- doing this in your life, do you know that you can actually uh, set yourself up for success by the way you use this particular power of slow? So when you are uh, trying to uh, implement something, so say, for instance, you've done all your preparation, you know, you've slowly gathered your, your information and you're, you're um, ready to start putting it in action. Depending on what you need from external sources, you can get it. Meaning, um, I actually had the privilege of working with a company that taught me a lot. So I wasn't the consultant on this hand. I was just working with them. And what they did was, is uh, they said, okay, we want to uh, attract a lot of uh, sponsors and things like that, right? And instead of them putting all these seen as seen ons and all this kind of stuff, what they did was is they said, look, we're a startup. We need help. It's three of us. If you'd like to be a part of a small but uh, tenacious group, let us know. They stripped down their presentation and they, quote unquote, appeared weaker. And what they said, the reason why they, and it worked, by the way. And the reason why they said to do that is because sometimes, depending on what industry you're in or depending on what you're trying to do, sometimes people want to help the underdog. Yes, I hear you saying that, well, Michelle, people root for the heroes. And they can still be heroes because what they're showing is that they're scrappy, that they're out there fighting within a big industry of Goliaths and giants and all this kind of stuff. And sure enough, they found uh, by using this approach, they found that they were able to appeal to larger companies who had budgets to help upstarts. And you know what the budgets were for? The budgets were for them to use that money to do what they needed to, provided they allowed the larger companies to learn from them and how they approached it. And that was an eye opener. It, I Then, because I was so uh, shocked about this strategy they used, I then came to learn that there are many companies, including large companies like Amazon and um, Apple and all of those who will gladly give smaller, quote unquote, weaker companies money so that they can keep up and learn what is the cutting edge of a particular industry. Because these larger companies are too large to try to diversify into all these small little tentacles. So they use the law of leverage by saying, okay, we're partnering with you. We'll give you this money. You don't have to pay it back. 
what you have to do is you have to make sure that you keep us in the loop of what you're doing. And if and when it pops off, you know, meaning it becomes uh, successful, then we have the first right to uh, have a profit share with you. And I was like, wow, that was amazing. Now you might be saying, well, where does, where does the deception come in? It, like I said, deception or the deceive part of this slow is not about duping anyone. It's simply about a strategy of being willing to show your quote unquote weaker than the, uh, the, the opponent or stronger. Uh, now on the other side of stronger, um, that could be where, and I mean, you know what, let me go back. Let me go back before I move on for the, for the weaker. And y'all, y'all know how I am. You know, I'd be like having to retrace cause we talking. And so, you know, I need to amend myself as I go, but the deception part is the deception where they appeared to be weaker, but they were powerhouses of the, the, the three-person team between them, they had 50 plus years of experience. Even though they were quite young, they still had 50 plus years of experience. So they were really heavy hitters. But what they did was, is instead of tout all that experience and all of their connections, they said, it's only three of us. And if you want to help us. And so that might've been where you could look at the deception because in the Genghis Khan part of the slow, the second slow, his deception is, when you're large, appear to be weak. When you're weak, appear to be large or strong. And so that's where the deception comes in on that. There have been other companies who have done the whole polish. It might still be three of them. I haven't worked with one that's done this in person, but it could, and I'm just using this as an example. It could be that um, you have this company. It's only three of them, but each person is the uh, chief operating, you know, the chief officer, upper management of whatever it is they do in the company. And thus they come off as a larger outfit than they are because that's what that industry requires for people to do business with them. And like I said, it's a choice and it's a decision. But one of the things you, you definitely will understand is that in that quote unquote slow, it also takes time because you are not being on the offensive. You are still waiting and uh, observing and assessing the situation and giving the industry time to get whatever your perceived perception is out to them. And uh, for a lot of people, perception is reality. I don't want to say categorically. I don't like saying for everybody, but for the most part, perception is reality. And so that is the second part of that military strategy and um, in, in being slow. So how does that look for you? Personally, it could possibly look like you're keeping your 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 hand your your cards close to your chest and you're not letting everyone know who you are or what you're currently doing. You might be very quiet, uh, very quote unquote meek and mild and humble. Because you know that when it comes time for the next step, you're about to wreck some things. And so the next step, now this is going back to Genghis Khan's military strategy of his slow, slow, quick, quick, is to distract. And with that one, what it means is that you're going to do a sleight of hand kind of thing. Draw the attention away from where you're really moving. 
you know, um, in um, common culture right now, people are always talking about making money moves. They're talking about being covert and uh, making moves under the radar so that people can't check clock or determine where they're going to be. And that's what this is. And that is the first quick. The first quick is to have used your time and your two slows, you know, where your your first slow is to prepare, your second slow is to deceive, so that when you're ready to make your move, they don't really know what's happening, you know. And so that's where the distraction comes. They might see you doing this one thing, and you're actually doing that so that they don't see you doing the real thing that you want to do. And I'm going to just say right here that if you really want to profit in in whatever way you need to from uh, an action or or an event or a project that you want, don't let the left hand know what the right hand is doing. Just don't do it. Okay. And so with that distraction, you can make it where you don't have people being able to reverse engineer everything that you're attempting to do. And that's a good thing. Okay, and so the last quick is to surprise or the killing blow. Now, with the surprise, I like that because the surprise is where they're trapped and they don't know it, that you've you've spun this intricate web and they've get, been caught in it. Or if it is where you're just trying to do your own thing and you're like, surprise, surprise. <laughs> and uh, it's now everything is out in the open. Uh, And the reason why you want this is because this is the pivotal point where you're now able to command, control, and it's too far gone. It's, It's completed where no one can talk you out of it. No one can take it away from you. And it's, it's like I said, it's a beautiful, elegant strategy that's simple, but complex. And it is something that I didn't realize as a little kid when I'm watching the Peanuts gang and that song, you know, slow, I'm not going to sing it, slow, slow, quick, quick. But I'm looking and I'm realizing that the song mimics a lot of what is going on with these large military campaigns. And also I started to get that wisdom smack that first and foremost, sometimes we mistake preparation. I mean, we mistake uh, procrastination, but it's really preparation. It's really where we have to have some more experiences before we're ready to make a move. And that brings me into this wisdom smack that, that, I, uh, I, I've had, and I've said it before, but I'll say it again here. Success and whatever you're doing is exponential. It's, it's not linear, meaning that it can take a long time before you start to even see the first inkling of the fruits of success. And it, you can be going along, going along, going along, and then boom, all of a sudden it takes off. There have been many people recently who by serendipity or a trick of fate or whatever, they went from being nobody to being inundated with stuff. And those who have practiced slow, slow are ready to handle the quick, quick. But those who have not, they don't get anything. And so there's great wisdom in putting the slow, slow first. Um, A lot of companies who are trying to pivot and keep up 
with the changing times are now starting to employ, uh, employ this slow, slow, quick, quick strategy as well where they're telling their teams that instead of trying to hurry up and launch something, instead of trying to uh, hurry up and uh, be um, the person that is always uh, beating everyone to the quick, that you need to slow down, watch how things shake out, and then learn from everyone else's uh, mistakes And take your time so that when you come out, you own your category, your niche, or whatever it is. And it's very wise because it's counterintuitive and you can actually build in deception because a lot of people can think you've fallen off. A lot of people think that you can, um, that you're not uh, in it to win it. A lot of people, you know, think that you're a non-player. And that's a great place to be because you know that your next quick is going to be surprise. I got you or I got this or whatever. And I've talked about a book before on the podcast and I'm going to mention it here. And it's called Thinking Fast and Slow by Dr. Daniel Kahneman. And I'll post the link in the show notes like I, you know, like I normally do. So I got you. And what he talks about is he defines the two different types of thinking that we employ. The first one, he calls it system one thinking. And um, we call, in a more colloquial way of of trying to understand it, uh, we call it the trusting mind. That is the reflexive mind. That is the think, I mean, not even think, you just react kind of mind. And it is what he would call the fast part of our thinking because there really isn't a lot of process. It goes back to the instinct, the gut, the primal part of who we are. And it is um, oftentimes what you trust. Like people will say, you know, my gut told me this, but did you research it? Maybe your gut wasn't right this time, you know, those types of things. But then you have system two thinking where that's thinking on um, the level of logic and the prefrontal cortex where you have to process, meditate on it, um, marble it around in your brain, gather more input, see more data, take your time. And we call that the training mind. And that requires more skill, more effort, um, because it it requires more discipline. And so, you know, you always know when the trusting mind and the training mind is engaged, because with the the trusting mind, it is flipping, you know, do you want to go here? Yeah. Oh, wait, I have a conflict, you know? (laughs) Yeah, I want to go, but oh, wait. I have to backtrack because now logic is kicking in. You're like, oh, I have a conflict. I was supposed to be somewhere else. Or how much does it cost? Or what what kind of documents do I need to travel or to go there? Or whatever it may be. And so he talks about when to use them and when not. And it's a great uh, foundational book on a lot of uh, mental and uh, thinking and and the psychology around that, that I I just, I adore that book. Um, And when we're looking at this slow, slow, quick, quick, what we find is that, believe it or not, the harder of the two to sustain is the quick. But most people think that I got to be the first to to move. I got to always be moving fast. And like I said before, if you go back and you just look at a beautiful foxtrot, they are moving so 
eloquently across the floor. They are covering all of this space. And it's just a slow, slow, quick, quick, slow, slow, quick, quick, slow. It puts you in a nice rhythm that you can sustain because when you do the slow thinking, you do have a bit of procrastination uh, involved in it, whether you want to admit it or not. Uh, Now, there is still a bad procrastination where you are frozen and you can't do anything. But the procrastination where you're wandering and you're you're looking at different things, they're all coming in to um to contribute to whatever it is you are going after. And so I want you to understand that for whatever it is that you decide you want to do, whether it is you want to change something about your life, or you want to um, finally realize a dream that you've had, consider using a slow, slow, quick, quick approach to it. Understanding that with that flow and that movement, it is still a constant movement. And it may look like you're not doing much to achieve your goal. But it is one of the foundational ways success likes to move because success leaves clues. Success is never static. It's always moving. Now, wouldn't you rather have an approach that allows you to keep up with success because you are preparing, because you are willing to uh, change up things by being deceptive, and like I said, that word is is not in trying to dupe anyone as much as it is understanding what the situation calls for and what appearance or facade you need to have to move in the way you need to move. That's what we're talking about here. So that when you it comes time for you to make your quick, you're able to control um control the landscape of what you're trying to do. And I I kind of want to just leave you with this. And that is that no matter what, always find your quote unquote true north. Find your point that is your guiding light. Find your star. Find whatever it is and consult because slow, slow, quick, quick works until it doesn't. And also, um, shoot first, aim later works until it doesn't. Wherever you are personally on your journey, employ the wisdom to stop, still stop, <laughs> and consider what is needed for you to get what it is you're trying to go after. Because when it comes down to it, this life is full of change, full of mobility, full of learning and growing and foundations and precepts. And if this is a time for you to be in your quick, quick, go for it. But if this is a time where you have exhausted all your quickness and you're getting nowhere, you're flailing about, uh, you're using energy that you don't need to be using, then I'm going to ask you to consider doing this. I've actually used this and continue to use this now as a strategy for running my life, my business. And I love it because a lot of people are confounded when they try to visualize or or learn what I'm up to. 
because they're like, I just don't understand it. And I think it's wonderful when people are like, I don't understand how she's able to do this or do that or be here or do that or whatever. And I love that. And the reason why I love it is because for me as a questioner, for me as a highly curious person, I tend to rebel against being able to be categorized and put into a box. Not that I care about what other people say, but what I'm saying is, is getting that kind of feedback helps to bolster what I'm doing to let me know, yep, I'm being true to me. I'm being true to myself. Um, whether I'm called a contrarian or um, or a, a beat of her own drum or whatever, it's fine. Um, but I just need you to know that your internal wisdom will continue to guide you and that this is, I hope, another another uh, arrow in your quiver of wisdom smacks that you can use for the appropriate time and in the appropriate way. Because everything is not hurry, hurry, wait. Instead, a lot of times it is slow, slow, quick, quick. So I would love for you to just take a moment today or whenever you can and think about what is my approach? What is my strategy for achieving what I want? Sometimes we take that time and we realize that we've only just been just trying to keep up by just being as fast as we possibly can because we're always following someone else. We're always doing that which is uh, reactionary instead of proactive. And just by making this one little tweak of being slow and slow, then taking your quick step you are going to find that the mojo comes back, that the momentum starts to uh, bloom and uh, come again, and that you're not having to expend so much energy to get the same things done as you used to. So this has been a wonderful thing that I was so glad that I learned early on and that it just continues to show and share its wisdom that is, I think, endless. And so I hope that you consider taking an approach like this to cover ground in your air, in your life and finally start to achieve and, and make headway on all of your pursuits. And so guess what? Yep. My time is up. I thank you for yours. This has been Michelle Spiver, your practical priestess of wisdom with another episode of Wisdom Smack. Please don't forget to check the show notes. Thank you everyone for supporting us using our Amazon link at michellespiva.com forward slash AMZ. It'll take you to Amazon. And when you shop, uh, we may receive a little bit of commission and consideration. So thank you for that. You can also support us via Patreon, uh, PayPal donation, uh, Venmo, and uh, I can't remember the other one. Bye. And that's going to do it for today's podcast of Wisdom Smack with Michelle Spiva. If you like this podcast, please help us get the word out. Like, comment, subscribe, and even share. And if you really like it, please help us continue to get the word out by considering using this show's link for Amazon. So when you want to go to Amazon and you do all of your general shopping, 
uh, please use michellespiva.com forward slash AMZ. It's simple as that. It doesn't cost you anything extra. And this show might receive a little bit of commission that will go towards helping to further get these episodes out to you and to others. So thank you so much for listening. This has been Michelle Spiva with Wisdom Smack. Bye.